Welcome to the podcast Ukula Journey Through Adulthood. This podcast is hosted by I, Nicole Kerr, and me, Yvette Lovu. We discuss our journey through adulthood and reflect on how we have tackled the challenges life has thrown us since leaving our home country. In today's episode, we will be discussing leaving home. But first, let's introduce ourselves. So my name is Yvette Ndovu. I am a writer who was born in Zimbabwe, um, currently in the United States, uh, studying here. Thank you, Yvette. And I am Nicole Kerr, and I am from Zimbabwe, and I'm currently living in the Netherlands. And so let us first look at what our name means because I'm sure we will have viewers from around the world that may not know what Ukula means. So we'll first reflect on what it means to each of us. And Yvette, would you like to begin? Yeah, so Ukula means uh, growth, growing up, maturity, increasing uh, in Zulu and Dewele. Um, for me, I like to think of it as blooming because it can also mean like a plant growing. So if we're thinking about um, the journey through adulthood, I feel like when we're young, we think that, you know, there's a certain point where you're completely wise, where you've got your life figured out. But, you know, now that I'm here, um, you know, I've noticed that I don't have everything figured out. Um, and I'm still growing. I'm still learning. So growing for me is like, a plant that's being watered, you know, mm-hmm. keeps growing. You still need to be nourished. You still need to learn because there's no point where you have it all figured out. For me, Ukula, firstly, like since it originates from Ndebele, that just makes me reflect on, well, what my mother would always say when we're growing up about, well, growing up. And so should basically use Uwokula. And to me, that then translates to, well, mainly just being independent mm. and actually being able to like take care of yourself. Yeah. And like you're saying, internally as well, I guess there is no actual end point to it. Like it's continuous. I sometimes find myself like looking at, well, (laughs) like 40 year olds or 50 year olds. And then you think like, oh, they're so grown up. But like you're saying, they probably feel like they still have things to learn. Mm. So that's quite interesting. Yeah. And this also reminds me of another expression. So Nicole and I are both from Zimbabwe and um, the two main languages in our country are Ndebele and Shana. So Ukukula is from Debele. Um, but then there's another expression in the Shona language, which is Kura um, Uone, which means grow up and see. Mm-hmm. Usually stated to you by adults as like a warning. Um, they go mm-hmm. like, you know, if you're doing something stupid, if you're doing something silly, you know, or if you say, if you say you're going to do something and it's improbable, the adults will laugh at you and they say, you know, Kura Uone, you know, you will grow up and see, you will grow up and learn that, you know, life is difficult. You'll grow, grow up and learn that, you know, we're all on this journey together, you know, try to figure mm-hmm. it out, you know, and struggling and falling and, um, you know, trying to get back up again. So, yeah, I think 
those like two expressions are very important to me. Yes. And I'm realizing how important they are, you know, you know, as I reach the uh, 25 years old mark. <laughs> That's 25 year old, well, midlife or quarter life crisis rather. Yeah. <laughs> True, man. And like you're saying, um, when you were mentioning what it means in Shona, I was thinking that's quite similar to the proverb um, in Debele, Hambacho Wazo Kuta Pambili. I love that one. <laughs> yeah, man. It's like, dang. <laughs> okay, guys. But yeah, these things are real life, man. And like you're saying, you actually start to realize it as well. You grow older. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to explain what um, that proverb means? It basically means like um, what you do now will well be reaped in your future. So like you reap what you sow, yeah, because it's like a dove, right? A chuba. So it's the literal meaning is like they'll pluck its feathers out in the future. But yeah, <laughs> the metaphor. Yeah, yeah, I like that metaphor too. Do you feel like there are moments in your life um regards to like the topic today which is you know leaving home do you think there was an instance where you were the little dove and then uh so the literal meaning of the expression is that like go little dove they will pluck your wings in the future so do you feel like you were the little dove at one point and then you know now or at some point in the future, your wings were plucked. I, I have injured wings. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you and everyone else, yeah. Um, I'll say probably yes. Yeah, man. Like, there have been some times where it's like, yo, those wings really were good at. True, man. True. Like, a few instances, actually. But then I think it just comes back to growing because, well, at least from my experiences, I've noticed when you go through hardships, that's actually what grows you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is yeah. quite interesting. And yeah, like just being in a different place and leaving home, mm-hmm. I would say that was the first plucking <laughs> of yeah. the feathers. Mm-hmm. And how about you? Ooh, <laughs> a lot to unpack. Um, yeah, I think, you know, when I was younger, I think when I was, you know, teen years, high school, I thought, you know, in my 20s, I'd have it all figured out. I would, you know, yep. have a house, this stunning career, you know. Um, so I think, you know, I was a little dove. I was a naive and, you know, life kind of plucked those wings where, you kind of like have to not pressure yourself, you know, into thinking that, you know, I'm 25 or I'm at this certain age and I, why don't I have a house yet? Why don't I have this yet? And, you know, don't, you know, measure yourself against like an imaginary goal, an unattainable goal, and just be okay with where you are at in life right now. Yeah, that's true. And if you actually also think about it, well, I know for some people it is possible to have those things at that age, but like, dude, we're still so young. Yeah. <laughs> like, hella young. <laughs> because, yeah. like you're saying, well, 
as a teenager growing up like in high school i used to think like wow people in their like 20s are so old mm-hmm. and well at 24 i don't feel that old basically yeah yeah same same and there's this like expression that i love which is um why punish a seed for not being yet a tree um oh, nice yeah and i like that so much because like i think like I'm at a stage where I think I'm still a seed, I'm still growing, you know, going back to the plant metaphor. And I mm-hmm. think like as human beings we tend to um punish ourselves for not, you know, doing things fast enough, for not being a tree fast enough, but you know, things go like at their own pace and you have to be kind to yourself and understand that you know, I might be at the seed stage of my life and I need to stop comparing myself to people who are already on the tree stage of their life that's true you vet and like you're saying especially with the comparisons like what you're saying right now with mm. the tree stage it also just goes to show you like we all have different views of what that tree stage is yeah because we all want different things basically yeah 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 that's very true and with like social media you know it's like easy to see other everyone else is being at the tree stage of their life you know because you know everybody posts the highlights of their lives on social media so you're like comparing yourself when you see your friends you know posting all these highlights mm-hmm. or colleagues or like people that you grew up with but i think you know um everybody's still growing everybody's still learning and yeah that's true though social media is dangerous <laughs> yeah like so dangerous <laughs> mm-hmm. it is it is yeah and well but that's the thing of it how how do you think you can try and not be influenced by social media do you just like quit everything cold turkey mm. because with these days i mean it seems to all be connected like sometimes even with work like some jobs you can actually find through social media with well our digital world yeah yeah so the thing with me is that like i'm a writer so like social media mm-hmm. helps me connect with other writers it helps me connect with potential readers um and i've also worked as like a social media assistant before so i think mm-hmm. like my work is very much tied to social media so it's very hard for me to kind of like delete yeah. everything because i need it i've connected with some of the best friends in the writing world that i've um made was through social media um so for me it's like a tool for work as well mm. um but i don't know how about you i know you've um you know you've deleted your instagram do you want to talk about that you know what made you you know come to that decision and would you change your mind and go back mm. so basically with instagram I noticed that as much as I tried not to it was making me compare. Mm-hmm. Like and that's the thing it was making me compare on not even like I guess a conscious level. I think each thing we consume like affects us. Mm-hmm. Like well our internal you like your soul basically. Yeah, it's basically like, you know, the going back to the mo- metaphor of like 
watering the plant, watering the seed. Mm-hmm. So social media is yeah. another way that you water yourself. True. Yeah, yeah. So is it bad fertilizer, do you think? <laughs> mm, it depends on how you use it, actually, I guess. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing, because with Instagram, for me, I felt like even though, because, for example, yes, I did try and, like, cut out how much time I'll spend on it and only view, like, the pages, like, positive um, quote pages. Like, I really liked those type of things because it, like, inspired and motivated me. But then I would still find myself scrolling and checking. And also with pictures. That was all I realized. Like, if I'll post a picture one day, I'll feel the urge to post another one, like, three days after. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, it was very, I guess you could say, addicting. Yeah. So it became like an addiction where you needed that, like, gratification. Yeah, like that rush, I guess. Mm-hmm. So in terms of, like, living home and social media, I think, like, for me... um when I was back in Zimbabwe, I would look at social media of people abroad and I'm like, oh, they're living such great lives, you know. I need mm-hmm. to live them. I need to, you know, go to a better place. But, you know, now that I'm here in America, I look at the social medias of, you know, my friends that are still back home and they look like they're having the time of their lives, you know, back in Zim. And I'm like, you know, I wish I was in that situation. I wish I was at home. I wish, like, I could make a life for myself at home like they have. You know, especially people with like that I know have like connections or they're from wealthy families. You know, I I wish I could, you know, have had the option to stay at home. So I think for me, seeing like social media of like people back home can also kind of like a trigger. Yeah, yeah. Like a trigger, like making me compare my life and the trajectory of my life and think like, would I have been better off if I had connections, if I had wealth, I could have stayed at home, you know. Yeah, but that's the thing, dude. I think uh, also as us as human beings, I think we already also know this. Basically, if we take like three pictures, we'll probably post the best picture. Mm, So it's all just like the best moments captured. Mm. And that's all you see. You don't see the everyday thing. Yeah, that's very true. And that's the thing, like you never know. (laughs) Like someone (laughs) may have not even like done something on gone somewhere but they just like change and then take a picture and act like they did that thing mm-hmm. yeah i think of myself on like um they like some days where i felt really bad or was going through something bad you know and then i take a photo with a nice background and everybody thinks i'm living the life but it was actually one of the worst days of my life when i noticed it was a problem was i was actually having difficulties deleting it and that made me realize, like, dude, you're a bit, <laughs> like, too attached to this, well, yeah. profile filled with pictures. They're just literally pictures. It's not like it's a living thing. Yeah. It's a profile. And then, I mean, I'm still on Facebook, but with Facebook, I already know it's kind of the same as Instagram. Mm-hmm. But since, well, I'm away from home, I feel like it's a nice way to still see what, like, my family's doing. Or, like, tag them and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But it's also not necessary, I would say, because I already have my phone number, so. 
guess it's just a matter of winning myself off that one day. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. those sites track you. Mm, yep. <laughs> That's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> I guess it's about finding like a healthy balance of you know, I what good are you getting out of the site and versus what bad are you getting out of the site and deciding, you know, how you mm-hmm. want to use this. Mhm. I agree. And should we move to maybe a little brighter mid topic? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. reflect on any inspirational encounters that we had this week. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so my inspirational encounter this week um is a book it's called Radical Acceptance by Tara Brach. I think that's how you say her name. Mm-hmm. Um so it's basically um one of those like kind of like self-help motivational books but uh I've only read like the first chapter but what I read on the first page really um you know really inspired me um so um what inspired me <laughs> in the book is that there are these two women uh these two friends and they're talking and one of the friends says I'm learning to be my own best friend mm-hmm. um and what she means by that is that um you know when you're talking to your friend when you're talking to your best friend you know you're always supportive you're um always kind um you always try to help them through stuff you know and but then when we comes when it comes to our own ourselves we don't use that same care and compassion and support and kindness for ourselves mm-hmm. you know and um the woman in the book is asking you know why is that how come we can be so supportive and kind to other people but we don't treat ourselves with that same kindness so she's just talking about um what a radical thing it is to think about yourself as your own best friend and learning to treat yourself the way you treat your friends and how you know important that is how refreshing that is and how so much better that is for you know your sanity your mental health mm-hmm. so i liked that concept and i think you know i'll try to incorporate that in you know little moments of my life um you know in like learning to be my own best friend and learning to treat myself um better yeah so you know what was your encounter and that's actually nice like what you're saying and before well my encounter I just want to like reflect on what you said. Yeah. Like your own best friend. And I think that also ties in with trying to know who you are and not necessarily who everyone else is well saying you are. Like actually knowing yourself. Yeah. And not listening to others opinions of you and then thinking that's who you are. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's really inspiring. and mine was <laughs> actually seeing the snow yesterday yeah so it snowed last night and it was quite exciting mm. because although the cold can be a bit much at times it was just nice to see something quite different mm. because well it barely snows anymore and i've only seen the snow once like mm. a few years ago Yeah. And so this was fun to see again. So yeah. That was nice. Just like a different scenario. Mm-hmm. It actually put me into like a really happy mood. Hey, great. 
Yeah, I think nature can do that. You know, you can be because I think like we are so like trapped on our phones, looking like we're saying, looking at social media, comparing ourselves. But you know, sometimes you just need to look outside. Yeah, true. <laughs> look at the snow. Look at you know the birds, whatever's out there, and you know, so true. Appreciate that. While reflecting on the actual day when we left home, while mm-hmm. left Zimbabwe. Yeah. Do you remember? Definitely. <laughs> yeah, what happened? Walk, walk us through that day. Um. Well, woke up. I can't actually remember like the waking up part. Like I really remember it in flashes. Mm-hmm. Because well, this was when I was eighteen, so eighteen, twenty-four, mm-hmm. like six years. It sounds weird saying it about six years ago. Yeah. yeah wow but yeah woke up um obviously i felt some type of way because <laughs> you know like when you're great up it's all exciting like oh yay i want to leave yeah <laughs> and then when the day comes it's like hmm but the nice part was i was going to south africa first because one of my sisters lives in south africa so I was going to go there first and then spend, I think I spent even like two weeks there or a bit less. So it wasn't like I had left well, Africa yet. Mm. So I think that was good that like I went there first. Mm. Um, yeah. So went there. I think I went with my mom to SA the first time I left. She's actually can't really remember that. But what I do recall was we had just gotten this kitten. We had found a kitten like a few weeks before I had to leave. Mm -hmm. And on the day I took a picture of the kitten. It was like climbing up my jeans. And while I still have that picture in my phone. So that's actually why I remember that kitten. Uh So I remember playing with the kitten in the like kitchen before I left. But yeah, man, just say bye to everyone. Like, my stuff was packed. I mean, yeah, I was, like, quite excited. I'm not going to lie. Like, it was a mix of emotions. Because, mm. you know, it's also something I've never actually done before. Mm. So it was fear, excitement. Like, yay. <laughs> I finally get to leave this, well, place. Mm-hmm. But then I think only, yeah, like leave this place, but then also leave these people. So that's why it was like a bittersweet thing. Yeah, dude. And do you remember the actual like initial leaving day? Yeah. um, So like you, I also went to South Africa. Um, Mm. So like what had happened was I took like a bus to South Africa. So what I remember before getting onto the bus is like uh, doing money exchange with uh, Amas Pateleni. <laughs> mm, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so in Zimbabwe, there are these uh, money traders. So you really can't get money from an ATM uh, and stuff like that. So there are these mm. money traders that like walk around and they've got like bags of money and you can like exchange like your US dollars for South African rands um, by like um, dealing with them. So I, I had like, uh, a couple of US dollars. So I needed, you know, to um, get South African rand so I could 
I'll be able to like have <laughs> some money when I was in South Africa. So I remember that. I think, and I think that was my, my last, I think, memory of Zimbabwe was dealing with the Spateleni. <laughs> trading Forex. Yeah, yeah, trading Forex. So, you know, that's how it's done, uh, you know, back home. True. So I remember the journey, the bus ride, very long. Um, and then when we get to the border, you know, I could almost feel like the change in atmosphere. I could see. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like the people who work at the South African side of the border, they, you know, they don't treat Zimbabweans very nicely. Like you can tell they like treat you like, oh, this is a foreigner. You're like, you're coming to destroy our country, you know, go back <laughs> to Zimbabwe. And I felt that attitude from them. So that was my first encounter of like leaving home was that, um, kind of pushback was that anger from the place that I was going to, you know, that's xenophobia. Um, so then after we, you know, left the border post, uh, I was staying with my uncle and my mom. I was traveling with my mom as well. Uh, I stayed with them for a week. Um, you know, I was both excited and I was scared, you know, mm-hmm. I was leave my uncle and my mom in South Africa and just go the rest of the journey myself. So that was scary, you know, um, the thought of like traveling alone and yeah, yeah, it was a, an interesting time. <laughs> yeah, I remember like, especially well, when you first land in the new place. So well, let me also just reflect on maybe the actual arrival. Mm. So after leaving essay and i'll just say basically africa mm-hmm. and arriving in the uk because i lived there for a little over a year before coming to the netherlands mm-hmm. and so i remember being in the aeroplane <laughs> like it went okay yeah it lasted like about 11 hours yeah mm-hmm. something like that 11 hours yeah. and then now all of a sudden like in this new world where <laughs> There's like so much, how can I explain it? Like so much, I guess you could say technology. Mm, yeah. And then this lady even, because there's like a tram that you have to like take within the airport to get from one level to like another level. Yeah. I think it was like from level something to level B. And then one of the ladies was like, oh yeah, you have to hold on to those things because you have to hold on to something or you'd like fall when it moves because it used to go really fast. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, coming from Zimbabwe, like, that stuff ain't there. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was quite shocking at, like, the, like, just the difference. Mm-hmm. And how did you find your arrival in America? Yeah. Um, so, like, I had a long, long journey because I think I flew from South Africa to, was it? Uh, Cairo or was it I don't remember some or Ethiopia maybe it was Ethiopia mm-hmm. uh, and then from Ethiopia I think uh, we went to Milan and then I think from Milan we went to Dubai and then from Dubai to New York so it was a long very long journey um, so like in Dubai uh, it was such a huge airport also very technologically advanced yeah. There was a tram, there was all this stuff. And I was just so lost and confused mm-hmm. and I was by myself. And this was the first time, you know, 
traveling by myself. Um, and, you know, I'm in this, you know, country where, um, you know, I don't speak the language, um, mm-hmm. you know, and it's very busy. It's very big. So I almost missed my flight to New York and I was panicking, just like running through the airport. Um, so like I managed to get in during the last call, but I was just freaking out. Like if I miss this, like if, if I miss this flight, you know, will I be able to get another one? Like, I don't have money to like buy another plane ticket. How does that even work? I did not know, you know? Uh, so I was just scared. And then like, I asked this other man, I'm like, I'm looking for this gate. I don't know where it is. Like, and then he was like, all the way at the other end of the airport, run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was a crazy time, but I think like that was the first moment I felt I felt lost, I felt alone, I felt confused, you know. Um, True. Yeah. But then, isn't it crazy? Like when you look back, it seems like you well, at least for me, like you seem to appreciate those times because it has made you grow so much from it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does. Because you can look back and kind of, like, laugh, but, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then you also realize, like, how far you've come. Mm. Which I think we should also reflect on, like, when, well, as human beings, like, overly putting pressure on ourselves. Like, just reflect on where you've come. Ah, I love Like, that. from and how far. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, instead of, like, looking at, like, how much more you have to go, like looking back and saying, you know, I've done all this stuff, you know, I've, you know, gone through a lot and I'm still surviving, you know, and that's beautiful, you know, and that's True. good. Yeah. And also like reflecting on the good experiences you've had from the places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, 20 years from now you've had, like, <laughs> I think we'll have a lot of stories. Well, if we ever have children for them. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we've come a long way, man. We have. We have. From those girls sitting in history. <laughs> taking <laughs> notes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Nicole and I went to uh, high school together, so that's yeah. how we know each other. So we've come a long way. <laughs> <laughs> that high school. But anyways, <laughs> it gave us a good education and that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, you've it. Um, and maybe let's also talk about like the difference of how we found like the difference within the culture, the people, mm-hmm. like how I guess you just viewed them and the place you were in, like the things you noticed yeah. that were different, how people did things differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one thing that I remember is like, you know, during like my first week of like college and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, during the first week of college, you're, you're trying to make friends, you're trying to meet new people. Yeah. So you know, I would go to the dining hall with all the people in my dorm on, on the floor in my dorm. Cause you know, I was trying to get to know mm-hmm. people. And um, one of the other students or one of my other dorm mates, we went to um, the dining hall together. So it was a whole, it was a big group Um. And so uh, how the dining halls work, um, how the dining halls worked in my college was that it was like an all-you-can-eat buffet. So you'd go yeah. up and get the food, uh, go back and sit down. If you wanted more, you could go up and get more. Um, so um, I was sitting down with you know, everybody. And then uh, someone, one of uh, the people from my dorm room, 
uh, was like, uh, from my flow, I mean, um, was like, oh, oh, they have this amazing food today. I'm sure you've never had it before. Sit down, I'll go get it for you. Oh my God, you're going to love this. You're going to love this. I can't wait for you to try this food. And you know, I was excited. I'm like, oh, what is this food that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, this guy wants me to try? Like, oh, you know, this is going to be some great food that I've never tried before. So he stood up, um, he went to get the food, and then he comes back with a plate and he puts it in front of me. And I look down at the plate. And I see that it's fucking French toast. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. And I'm like, and he's like, yeah, do you try it? And I'm like, this is French toast. You're like, bro, I've tried this before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's when it occurred to me that this American thought because I'm from Africa, I'd never eaten French toast before. And I did not know what French toast was. And it just, it blew my mind. It amazed me. That, you know, because in my dorm room, um, my dorm, uh, sorry, my dorm was an international dorm. So there were people from everywhere in that dorm. There were Americans, there were people from Asia, there were people from Europe, there were people from Africa, South America. So everybody at that dinner table was from different places around the world. So why did he assume that me, the African at the table, did not know what French toast does? Why didn't he assume that the European on the table or the Asian on the table, the Latino on the table. Why didn't he, you know, um, assume that they had never eaten this? But he singled me out because, you know, I that's the image that people have of Africa is that we don't know these things. We're backward. And he thought he was doing me a favor by getting me French toast, you know. Um, so that was a, just a funny, weird little encounter I had where um, you learn that people already have their opinions and biases about you just based on where you come from like yeah. people actually know you yeah yeah exactly exactly but yeah man i mean like people seem to not well have much knowledge on like africa in general mm-hmm. Yeah. Like especially for example, some people think like, oh, you just live with like wild animals. <laughs> yeah. Like there aren't any like well towns or cities and stuff. And it's like, no, they actually are. Yeah. But then it's also interesting how at school we also barely well learned any history about Africa. Our history was mainly focused on Europe. Mm-hmm. So I think we also sometimes have a very <sighs> Like, let's just put it this way. I feel like at school, they should teach us more African history than European history because mm-hmm. <laughs> at that point, you're living in Africa. So exactly, why are you learning about, like, the French Revolution and all of that stuff? Yeah, I agree. When you barely know what happened in, like, Zambia in the past or Mozambique. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and I feel like on on another episode, we should talk about, like, meeting other Africans um, abroad. True, true. Actually, that, like, gives you, like, a sense of, (laughs) like, just, I guess, understanding. I remember in Swansea, like, just, like, people from Africa, there was, like, just a, like, vibe. Mm, Like, you'd connect... Mm. Even if it was a different country from them. Yeah. Mm. For German. 
would say my main difference is well that I found was obviously the weather. Um, the people I'd say in the UK seem to like complain about everything. Yeah. <laughs> and like obviously coming from like Zim you know we had mainly we just had like mainly the basics if not even the basic things. And then like some people would be complaining about such well seemingly trivial things to you and then it's just like wow just goes to show how different people's lives are yeah. <laughs> like in different parts of the world yeah yeah like i mean dude like little things like washing your clothes like here yeah, every place has washing machines <laughs> And then yeah. people will probably complain that I don't know the laundry is taking too long to finish, mm-hmm. but it's like, do it at least you don't have to wash with your hands yeah. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's just really interesting to reflect on, I guess, just how diverse everyone's experience of life is in the world. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's a, it's such a good point about the laundry that like. You know, <laughs> when you're abroad, people complain, "Oh, the laundry is taking too damn long." You know, but oh, I have to put the laundry in. It's like yeah. you just press a button. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Good job, dude. And any last thoughts on today's topic? Hmm. Hmm. Any contributions, donations? Send <laughs> <laughs> more PayPal, Cash App, <laughs> Eco Cash. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess like maybe leaving with like a question, you know, um, you know, going back to that expression of why punish a seed for not being yet a tree, maybe taking some time um, this week um, to just, you know, maybe write it down or journal or something. Mm. What ways in my life have I been punishing myself for not being a tree, you know? Um, and like, That's deep. Yeah, yeah. And like, what is it that I need to appreciate? Like you were saying, like appreciating how far you've come. So, what growth have you seen that you need to appreciate that you've been overlooking? Um, and just, yeah, thinking about that, thinking how far you've come, how you've grown and what ways are you punishing yourself for not being, you know, at this stage that you think you should be and what ways can you appreciate um, uh, or like what ways can you be your own best friend going back mm-hmm. to that book um, and just write that down maybe. Yeah, that's true. Like, I think it's always good to self-reflect. Like, it's really difficult. Yeah, it is. But it's, like, always good to self-reflect. Yeah, and journaling as well. Mm. Definitely. Oops. I think that's a good idea. I'll definitely try that. Yeah, yeah, me too. And then maybe we can, like, talk about it in the next the next time we meet. Like, what did we, what did we write down? Definitely. Great. And so, (laughs) shall we close this up, wrap it up? 
Yeah. Um. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so ding di di bye bye everybody. Oh, <laughs> joking. <laughs> yeah, okay. Thanks for listening everyone and if you'd like to connect with us further on well different platforms you could just type in our names and perhaps find us where yeah. can they find us you bet yeah so my uh, twitter is lisa underscore teabag that's l-i-s-a underscore c-e-a-b-a-g great and as for me so you can find me on youtube <laughs> at coley's world and yeah, it's a great youtube channel you should check it out subscribe oh, thanks dude <laughs> thank you <laughs> and you can also well connect with me at coley Kerr, uh, dot wordpress.com Yes, so on those two sides. And so, thank you guys. And thank you, Yvette. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, you too. Thank you, co-host. Hi, Yvette. And see you next time. Usale Gushe. Usale Gushe. And that means stay well and stay in good health. Bye. Bye.